Hello, welcome to Chance Time, a generic video game podcast hosted by myself, Ryan Speakman. And of course, as always, we have with us Paul Bills. Hello, I forgot about the Pokemon version. I'm very glad it's back. (laughs) It's there for a reason. And when we talk about Pokemon, that's the reason. (laughs) But... Uh, Curtis might pop in. We're ending early today. He doesn't know that. So we'll (laughs) see what happens. Uh, But we do have a very special guest with us. Uh, I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say he's my co-worker, but he is my co-worker. (laughs) We have with us Nick Siebers. How you doing, Nick? Hello. I'm doing all right. Wow. I'm there. How has your birthday been? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's been going great. <laughs> uh, had had some good pasta for dinner, and yeah, I'm that's, here. That's great. It, it's your birthday right now. It is yes, today I am. I am older <laughs> wow. today than I was yesterday. And you're spending it with us. We're honored. Thank you for being here. To be fair, when I asked him, he did not tell me it was his birthday. <laughs> There's nothing more I could have asked for than people who are forced to listen to me be a nerd about Pokemon <laughs> stuff. So that go. is half there of our is. our listeners, people forced <laughs> to listen to this. Well, well, do you want to say anything, Nick? Um, before we get into the thick of it. I don't think I have any shout outs right now. So, no, go ahead. All right. Well, Nick is here as our local Pokemon expert. Because, uh, of course, we're talking Pokemon today. Um, especially after the recently released Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. But, of course, before we get into all that, we got to do Mike Struckerberg's one thing. And. Usually we defer to our guest, but he requested not to go first. So, Paul, do you want to let us know what's on your mind this week? Yeah, um, I'm almost done with God of War, so I'll get back to that in another week. But today I want to talk about another equally impressive video game, equally equal in scope to God of War, probably, and that is Bee Simulator. Um, I finally gave in during the Black Friday sale and I upgraded my PlayStation Plus from PlayStation Plus Essential to PlayStation Plus Extra. Wow. One of the the funniest product names on the planet. Plus (laughs) Extra. Um, But, I mean, it only cost me like 50 bucks to upgrade it for the next two years because I was already on the the one plan and I was just upgrading it and they like prorate it based on how many days you have left. Anyway. What what do you so get I, when you become an extra member? You get access to their game pass basically. So like their just library of games that as long as you're subscribed, you get them all for free. Um, so PlayStation plus normally just gives you like two 
games a month and there's a collection of like 20 games that you can have anytime but playstation plus extra has like a has like 200 games in the library and you can download any of them from the library for free anytime and my son immediately took advantage of it he's actually the reason we got it because he has been begging to play stray the cat game i thought you were gonna say b simulator no, well wait for it okay <laughs> He's been begging to play Stray, the cat game, for months, ever since it came out. Um, but I haven't wanted to buy it. But it's included in the subscription. And I was looking at it. There's a bunch of other games I would also be interested in. So I was like, fine, we'll do the subscription. And then you can stop begging me for the cat game. So he got the cat game, played it a little bit, but then found another game in the collection B simulator and he has played way more B simulator than he's played <laughs> stray and, and B simulator is exactly what you would expect it is um, a pretty small indie game where you are a bee and it is your job to go collect pollen and bring it back to the hive and there's like a story mode about how you know bee colonies are dying and it's a big deal for the planet and you have to be a little bee and find a new place for your for your hive to establish. And it the story mode could probably be completed by an adult in about two hours, but it took him I don't know, like two or three days. But he did it and he was so proud of himself. I only helped him with like one thing and he as he was finishing it, he was like, I've never beaten a long hard game by myself. <laughs> <laughs> like even though he just like recently beat most of Sonic Frontiers by himself, but I guess he he sees that as a kid's game and B Simulator is not. I don't know. But he was very proud of himself. And it's a very funny game. There's like a there's a dance challenge. You know how bees like communicate by dancing. So you have to like it's basically like the memory game Simon. Like you have to watch another bee dance and you have to repeat the dance exactly. Um there's uh fighting with other insects in the game you can sting people and animals you can uh there's races and is this more akin to like a goat simulator or is this more akin to a car mechanic simulator uh it's not meant to be like silly like goat simulator but it is kind of like you know, what are the things a bee does? We're just going to translate all the things that a bee does into a video game and try to tell you a story about how it's important that we save the bees at the same time. Interesting. But it doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't have like, it's meant to be taken seriously. It's okay. meant to be like, this is our indie, like, passion project to save the bees, you know, we're yeah. going to use our skills of video game making to spread the word about save the bees i mean i now have a burning question if mm. you sting a person as a bee do you die no you can sting as much as you want so they did not yeah they did not keep that accuracy or maybe you're like a type of bee that can sting multiple times i don't know i haven't paid enough attention but yes you can sting as much as you want and there's like no consequence or cost to it that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if anyone... Well, how can I, I take I... it uh, seriously? 
Right. If you can sting as many times as you want. Right. Are you a a classic? Not be simulator. (laughs) Are you a classic (laughs) honeybee? Yes. Um, But you can like unlock other bees for the split screen. So you can like pick different species. I don't think you can do it in the main story, but there's like a split screen version that I'm not really sure like what the goal is. My son and I did it together and we just kind of wandered around for a while and eventually just turned it off because we couldn't figure out what we were supposed to do, if anything. Um, But in the split screen, like multiplayer open roam, apparently you can unlock other bees, but we haven't figured out how to do that. But there's like a character selection screen. So there you go. (laughs) I think this game is normally $30, so... I wow. guess we've we've basically over half paid. Well, between that and Stray, you know, our subscription has already paid for itself. So there you go. <laughs> wow. I was not expecting that today. <laughs> yeah, surprised. <laughs> Be simulator. Check it out. Uh, but well, definitely don't don't pay full price for it. <laughs> Unless you're really into bees, I guess. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess I'll go next. I but I don't really have too much to talk about. I I got back as I said. Like I, did you guys hear that? Yes. I don't know what that was, but my whole house just vibrated. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> Not sketchy at all. Yeah. Uh. Well, whatever. I'll talk about vampire survivors, I guess, after that. Uh, Been playing a lot of vampire survivors again. What a game. I don't remember how much it is now, but the $2 I paid for it has given me 40 hours of entertainment. That's the best. It is crazy, and I hope it comes to everything. I know it just came to Xbox. It's been on Steam forever. Is it not on Switch yet? No, it's not on Switch. It's gonna get there though, right? It has to get there. I I cannot imagine why. It wouldn't. Yeah. Um. But I did. So, here's the other thing. You mentioned that Black Friday. You gave in. I also gave Uh in this Black Friday. I. that's what Black Friday is about. Yeah. Spirit of the season. <laughs> I got a Nancy Drew game at the request of many listeners oh, yeah. of this podcast. I it took me a while to figure out the perfect one to get. Hopefully, hopefully, I didn't go wrong. I got the Curse of Blackmore Manor. So Sam Driggs, tell us in the tell us in the Discord if that was the right one to get. He said. So this is what Sam Driggs said. I I went back through the Discord. Looked at all the messages people had sent about Nancy Drew games. He said Curse of Blackmore Manor had the best puzzles, but he wasn't as into the story. But other people online were into the story. And so I will see. Maybe they said something about the characters. I'm not really sure. But Sam Driggs, you can wrap my hand with a ruler if I made a mistake. Um, and the other thing I got was Trombone Champ. I haven't played too much, oh, but nice. 
Curtis has talked about it so much, and yeah, it just is a funny game. Makes me laugh. So I'm excited to report back on how that goes. We'll see if I get into the mods or anything like that, but yeah, that's all I really am. All right, Nick. Do you? I always call you Nick. Do you want to be called Nicholas? Um, no, Nick is fine. I only use Nicholas when I'm either applying for a job or at the DMV. So okay. <laughs> no, Nick is good. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I uh, I did find something, a little piece of trivia. I was curious about today. Um, so, you know, I work on Amazon stuff. I was looking at numbers. So here, I'll I'll have you guys see if you can guess. For the search query Nintendo Switch games on Amazon, what do you guys think the top three games are? I, I and I'm gonna say right now, I have never heard of number three. Oh, oh wow. I, I'm I'm not I I I I'm perplexed as to how it's up that high, but I, I was I wanted to see if you guys could guess what the top three were. Paul, you go first. So like all time or right now? Right now, yeah, it's definitely a, a current thing. Okay. Uh, right now, I would guess um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is number one. Okay. Oh, I guess they're two different products, so I have to guess. I would guess Violet is one and Scarlet is two. I believe they're on the same Amazon page. Oh, okay. They're not treated as separate. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong about that. I actually don't remember. I'm not sure either, yeah. Okay. Um, so Pokemon Scarlet Violet 1. Uh, Mario Kart 2. And since you said you've never heard of the third one, I'm going to guess Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Okay. And what what are your guesses? Uh, I I gotta go Mario Kart, and it's it's hard not to say Pokemon because that is the most recent one. So I am gonna throw that one on. And for the third one, Xenoblade was a good guess, Paul. But I am going to go. You've probably heard of this, but Monster Hunter Rise. Oh, okay. Ooh, good one. Okay. Well, um, I'm looking at this again. Okay. I might have slightly misled you. I, <laughs> I do think it is kind of all time, but um, regardless, so the number one, this is market share on that term right now, Smash Ultimate. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, reasonable. that's a good one. I, I yeah. feel like that is a good one, especially during Christmas time. Where people yeah. are getting switches for the first time, and they gotta buy a Mario yeah. Kart and a Smash. I yeah, those are the two games I started with. So yep, <laughs> that is true. Um, number two is Minecraft. Okay. Oh, that made, yeah. I, I always, can see that. I always forget that that's like yeah, there's Switch. Kids I know Minecraft. it's on Switch, but they associate it with PC more than Switch. But um, yeah, oh yeah. Number three. Called and I'm just I have to say the name because again I've I've never heard of it. Carnival Games, classic Wii game re-release for the Switch. Oh, 
Yep, that's a uh, with the weird mustache guy. When was that that's re-released? I don't know, but I I know it was re-released on Steam, and I cannot tell you how many times I was in a Walmart and saw Carnival Games for five dollars <laughs> in the bargain bin. That is a bargain. It is currently fifteen dollars on Walmart. So wow. uh, should have picked it up then. Yeah, well, that was for the Wii back in the day. That's right. Um, yeah, so it looks like it That's was number three. Who is who's buying this? Where are these people? Yeah, it's all about <laughs> who's selling it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I also like when I first got a Wii, my parents also got with it not Carnival Games, but it was a uh, some knockoff rock band where you had this weird plastic attachment that went on the Wii remote, and it never worked. I'm like, I look at this game and I'm like, my mom would buy this. This is 100% a game my mom would buy in conjunction with buying a Nintendo Switch. And it would then never get played, but it, that would definitely be a parent purchase. That's hilarious. That, that's who's buying right now, I guess. Man. So, so there's my little piece of Man. Amazon gaming trivia. Carnival Games. <laughs> I gotta buy it now. It's the hottest but, game. Like kids will hate Yeah, you got to get in on this. It's a. It's obviously <laughs> one of the top games of our generation. <laughs> uh, but, uh, to your point about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, I also did look. Um, Pokemon Violet is selling, or at least has more dominance on Amazon than Pokemon Scarlet, just kind of across the board. So Violet is on top right now, according to Amazon. Uh, Got it. Okay. Good to know. Well, want... what were you going to say, Paul? Okay, people want the future, not the past. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> past is too dirty. Future is where it's at. Nice and sterile, like a hospital. It's <laughs> <laughs> the main selling point of Pokemon <laughs> Violet. It's sterile like a hospital. <laughs> Yeah, no one talked about the new mechanic in Pokemon Scarlet where you just get dysentery every, you know, other hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into the topic. Nick, I pop by your desk once or twice a day, and you're either talking about three to four things. One is yeah, Fortnite. I mean, there's more things, but if it's game related, it's Fortnite. No, I, I live a simple life. Yeah. <laughs> you're a Fortnite guy. You're a Rocket mm -hmm. League guy. Mm -hmm. You're a Stardew Valley man. Yes. And I feel like we mostly talk about Pokemon, though. Oh, yes. I feel like that's our main topic of conversation. And. Uh, you Go ahead. You also just described the entirety of my Twitter feed. It is Fortnite news, Rocket League news, and <laughs> mostly Pokemon news. So yeah. But I will say, you know so much about Pokemon. I'm always blown away just like the amount of knowledge you have about every facet of every game. It's incredible. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I, I I take being a nerd very seriously, and I uh, <laughs> like to do my homework. <laughs> it's important. Um, and 
So let's just break the ice right away. Newest game, Pokemon Scarlet, Pokemon Violet. Both of those just came out. Yes. I know you did get it. Which one did you get? What are your thoughts? Let us have it. Uh, no, so I, I got Pokemon Violet. Um, I actually just beat the champion an hour ago. Um, simply so that I could exit the Elite Four building and go to a Pokestop to get my birthday rewards. <laughs> that was my whole motivation. I was either I'm like either I'm winning or losing, but I want to go, you know, do the little birthday event at the Poke Center. So um, was it worth it? I I entered my birthday recently. Uh, they actually didn't give me anything, but it did make <laughs> all the Poke Center uh, like roofs have like this birthday cake animation that just kind of stayed there for while I was playing. Oh, that's so cool. That was kind of fun. Yeah, it was it was a neat little visual. Um. But like item wise, no, not really worth it. Okay. <laughs> um, I also did like that the my entire I think I had twenty health on one Pokemon. That was it. Um, and the Poke Center lady made sure to wish me a happy birthday for attending to any of my wounded Pokemon. So I did think that was interesting. Oh. Hey, that's the the violet future we live in, the hospital future. <laughs> Yes, they, they just care about your personal data more than your health. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it, it's been a fun game. Um, and uh, I think as I've been telling you, I think we've been having a daily fist meeting on, okay, what broke in Pokemon Violet today? Uh-huh. Um, you know, I have some notable favorites that have happened in the past week or so. Um, I think actually uh, tonight at midnight, was planned to be the launch of the competitive ladder. Um, I don't think we have any word on whether that officially is going to start. It announced the rule set and basically banned all sorts of legendaries. But um, the big reason I was telling you, Ryan, about why I was pretty convinced they weren't going to launch is because um, they took the competitive battle format so that every battle the same rng seed meaning that you could manipulate it have moves like sheer cold or fisher that are one hit ko's no matter what hit every single time insane sounds smart (laughs) sounds real good exciting battles Yeah. I think Ryan, I, I think you and I were talking about. Well, maybe that's just you know the new future of it's just a race to see who can manipulate the RNG yeah. faster. I believe you phrased it as it's like chess now, and you just <laughs> memorize what moves to do, and it all goes yeah, you, according. Or you just need a supercomputer that can you know become perfect at Pokemon battling. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So that was that was probably my uh, my favorite uh, part of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet breaking this week. Um, my other favorite, I think, was at uh, I think it was two days ago they discovered that um, so you can do those like uh, raid battles just like you could do in Sword and Shield, and uh, the higher level ones give items that are necessary for anyone doing competitive battling as well as anyone doing like things like shiny hunting 
um, and they discovered that uh, if one person hosts the raid and has friends join, you just lose as fast as you can. Everyone but the host will still just get the rewards as if you beat it. And so um, now all these items that normally would take lots of work and investment basically just became free. So that was my second favorite way to go to the end. <laughs> I... So Paul. is there like a is there like a service popping up where it's like I will be the loser host and you can all farm <laughs> from me? I'm I'm sure there are discords out there where these people are just farming it because um because I, there's a couple things like that where you can basically uh, abuse the the new online multiplayer feature to just make uh, very significant advancements in farming items um paul yeah, yeah i know you do not currently have the newest pokemon game right are you i'm i'm sure you're more than familiar with the discourse about the game right now yes okay just making sure for those listening who don't know which if you look at any sort of gaming news Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has a lot of issues uh, going on, and everybody is both infuriated by it, but also delighted by it, and <laughs> they don't understand how a game could be released like this, and yet everyone is buying it still, <laughs> and everyone is having a great time. <laughs> Yeah, I think the best quote I heard was that um, Alpharad on YouTube, he said, uh, everything great about the game is great and fantastic, and then everything terrible about the game is hilarious. So that's been something I've definitely felt. I mean, because, I mean, like you said, new Pokemon are amazing. Um, uh, my current favorite is the one that is a flamingo. It is just a flamingo. And yeah, isn't its name just like Flamingo? It's Flamigo. So they took Flamigo, out the N yeah. and <laughs> pretended to make it Spanish. Yeah, that's um, one of the best Pokemon names ever. <laughs> like legitimately. I love it. And my my Flamingo has carried me through my entire playthrough. So oh, it's, it's a it is a solid flamingo. Um like you got great stuff like that and then you got hilarious things like i think day one people discovered that um on your on your ride pokemon that you get right at the beginning of the game normally you are limited uh by certain like mountains and ridges until you upgrade to other movement mechanics and but if you just backwards long jump exactly like in super mario speed running um you can just cheese your way up mountains that are supposed to be not accessible. <laughs> so there's hilarious stuff like that that happens at the same moments as the That's beautiful so flamingos. so nice that they put in that crossover reference for people. <laughs> Nintendo does love their Easter eggs, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I well, here's... Here's one thing I want to talk about that I like that they have added. I, I've heard several people talk about how the story has made them emotional. I have not got to that part yet. 
But yes. I'm, I'm very curious on how that... But I have seen a large improvement of the writing in these games That's so far. And one thing I've particularly enjoyed is the gym battles are getting more and more like anime where you like people are saying things during the battles they have interesting characters interesting designs one of my favorite is the gym leader who is also a streamer and she makes you do all these challenges while she's in the corner like commentating on what you're doing and then she streams your battle and I don't know. It's just like little little touches like that. And then during the battle when you do the terrestrializing and they start doing like the soccer cheer th- song, it pumps me up every time. I don't know. It just, it seems like it's... That sounds awesome. It's, it's amazing. Like I, I really like yeah. it. Um, so I have played through uh, the emotional story. Okay. And what I can say is that, like, you know how they advertise the whole, oh, there's three different storylines. Yeah. Um, two of them are very just what we expect from Pokemon. Um, it's just kind of the same uh, gym badges, yada, yada. But that third one, my goodness, that was a twist I did not see coming. And I... Uh, Immediately after doing it, I told my wife that she has to do it because I want to see her tear up and <laughs> emotional as she goes through it. I, I don't know why that seems that seems cruel, but uh, um, yeah. Um, so that's a that's a good segue for something else I wanted to talk about. Not only are you a Pokemon man, but you live within a Pokemon family. <laughs> Yes, yes, I do. Please uh, tell the listeners what what this experience is like. Well, um, I'll give some backstory. So, I mean, um, back in high school, I had a buddy. We were bored, so we would go to Target and we would buy Pokemon cards. And we would just play Pokemon every weekend. Fast forward, I'm married, and I have this annoyingly and embarrassingly large collection of Pokemon cards I now have nothing to do with. And so uh, my wife does not like playing Pokemon cards. She doesn't really have any interest in that. But it was right around the time that Sword and Shield was coming out. And also Let's Go Eevee. And so I started playing that. And I think, and I will still say this, trying to introduce someone to Pokemon, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee are some of the best games to do that with. It's a good Because tip. they are just so much fun and they are so easy there's almost no pressure of constant battling or anything you're just using that joy con to pokeballs all the time and it's it's a really well made game it looks great anyways so started her on that we both started playing um, and she quickly became attached to you know all the cute pokemon and then also uh, my wife is a um collectionist i don't know if that's a word uh collector that's the word um and so she very quickly <laughs> liked like the whole for the record <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that fits the vibe there yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. uh she very quickly fell in love with like the pokey day oh i 
might have disconnected. Okay, can you hear yeah, me? Uh, I I can hear you, Ryan. Okay, maybe Nick disconnected. His wife heard him. <laughs> she was like, "Can't talk about me on this podcast." <laughs> um. Well, while we're waiting for him to come back, hopefully he does. Uh. I'll just talk about my experience with the game. I did get it. Um, I I mean, if you've listened to other episodes of this podcast, you know I've been waiting for it, and I pre-ordered it. Um, and I haven't really noticed any, like, game-breaking bugs. I mean, my game did crash once. <laughs> um, but... Wait, like, oh, like completely crashed? Yeah, it did completely crash. I, are you back, Nick? Damn, yes. We we lost you for a bit. Yeah, my internet had a heart attack for a second. Okay. There. <laughs> um. Yes, Paul, my game completely crashed once, but other than that, I haven't really experienced anything too crazy. But I've seen all the videos of people, uh, and I've seen how bad it can can get, but. You were telling us about Let's Go, Nick. We'll get back to what you were saying. Yeah, sorry. Um, well, Let's Go, completionist. Um, basically, it's uh, that was a great intro, and now we've both kind of found our own areas um, within Pokemon. So I I still collect cards. Um, I don't really do any of the battling with like the cards, but I found other things to do with them. Um, and then we'll get to it. Don't yeah, yeah, I've, I've told you about that project. <laughs> um, and then my wife definitely does. She's about 10 levels higher than me on Pokemon Go. Um, and also has... Um, when Pokemon Home was in its heyday, um, I swear she was a, a Wall Street trader. Um, <laughs> just, she... Because we only had newest Switch games and none of the 3DS or ones before we were limited to where we didn't have a lot of the legendaries or mythicals. Um, she was able to catch Pokemon that for some reason people wanted that were really easy to catch and trade them up and trade up and up and up. And, and I think she's traded for probably around 50 or 60 shinies as well as different legendaries. Holy cow. Um, I think she also was currently trying to get all the Vivalon variants and I think she's only missing a few that are locked to like Egypt or something random like that. And uh, she has like yeah. 200 Vivalons currently in her Pokemon home. Um, including That's how many like there multiple are? Chinese and stuff. No, no. Okay. She has 180 <laughs> that are the same variant. But got it. Um, yeah, no, but the, the, <laughs> she's just been constantly collecting them. And then when we saw that Vivalon was actually in this new game, we got really excited. That they've limited to only the one form right now. Mm, so yeah. we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Uh, her it, collection it, may shoot up in value very quickly here. Didn't they do the same thing with Oricorio? I've only seen the one variant. Uh Oricorio is actually um you just give it different nectars and you can actually change its form whenever you want. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Um which is why its signature move, Revelation Dance, is normal type. That way. Um, whatever type you change it to, it will still work. Got it. 
Um, um yeah. yeah, any uh anything else you want to say about Pokemon Violet and Scarlet? Ooh. Um yeah, I mean I I know I, I definitely rag on them a lot, but I've definitely had a lot of fun with them. So Yeah, I, I, I was definitely hesitant with getting it and I, I, I told you that a lot a lot. Yeah. Well, I believe um, the exact word you said to me was, I don't think I'm going to get this Pokemon game, <laughs> which surprised me with you being one of the biggest Pokemon fans I know. I mean, it was definitely something where everything that I had been seeing kind of leading up to the game with the, with the, what was the early reviews from like journalists and even like day one stuff, I was... I think I was mostly just feeling let down mm. by a lot of, you know, the performance issues and um, just a lot of the things that people had, you know, discovered even at that point. Um, but I think what changed it is, um, you know, something we talked about, it's, it's Pokemon, it's the new ones. And I've had a lot of fun with it, but I've also had a lot of time to think about, like, did I end up buying it? Um, because of like peer pressure and not peer pressure of like friends but even just every content creator that i watch now is playing it everyone on my twitter feed is playing it and if i'm not then i feel like i'm just you know behind on it so mm -hmm. i have to wonder if that was part of my decision classic video games <laughs> <laughs> Good old game freak encouraging peer pressure yeah um, <clears throat> I would like to hear your opinion, Nick, of why do you think it was released in this state? Like, why not? Ah, why? Why? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I, that is a question that I ask myself all the time because I think I was telling Ryan that while it's like a lot of the big glitches that you will see online you have set up to them so like you do have to try to do a lot of them um so if you're not trying to break the game i think very rarely does it have massive errors um oh, okay it's good to know that being said i have seen people like stand on a rock slide off the rock and immediately fall through the map and just fall to oblivion so it's not a hundred percent of the cases, but for the most part, I feel like, like I've played through all the main storylines so far. Haven't gotten to the end game. I haven't had any game breaking glitches or errors or anything happen to me. So it's not unplayable. You know, it's not cyberpunk level unplayable <laughs> stuff. But um, what I was telling Ryan is that I have yet to see something in it. If I worked on it, I would be proud of the way that like there's there's no there's no 3D model in there that I'm like oh my gosh that took some modeler probably ages to get perfect. There's no mechanic in there that I'm like oh this was you know well thought out tested and everything. Oh, so not even terrestrializing. <laughs> I will say terrestrializing has grown on me. Um, probably be because uh, it just is a very new aspect to the game because typing has been so set in Pokemon 
Right. Um, I think the only other way to change your type was with very specific moves like Soak or with Mega Evolutions. I think a few of those had additional types that were added on. But now to be able to make any Pokemon any type is really cool. At first I was like, okay, well, this doesn't help a ton of Pokemon. Like there are certain Pokemon that get incredibly buffed by this. Um, you know, I'm thinking, I I mean, I will point out they definitely did not put Shedinja in the game. And there's a big reason for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> because he would instantly become immortal. But uh there are um I just I've found more and more use for it as I've played, so it's yeah. grown on me. Uh, for those who don't know, terrestrializing is the new like gimmick in this game, where your Pokemon turns into a diamond. Gotta and, have a gimmick. Yeah, and normally the Pokemon you catch, if it's a water type Pokemon, it terrestrializes into a water type form. It gets like a diamond fountain on it. And all of its water moves are doubled and it changes... Sorry, it doesn't change. But you can also find Pokemon that can, like... For instance, I found a rock-type Pokemon that terrestrializes into a ghost-type Pokemon. And so then it becomes a ghost-type and you can change its weaknesses and stuff. And But you can only do it once per battle... Not even per battle, per trip to the Pokemon Center. So if you use it once, you oh, have to really? go to I a Pokemon Center, yeah, to recharge your Terra Ball, whatever it's called. <laughs> oh, which uh, I will also point out in the Terra Orb, Orb at no that's point what it is. in the story, at least so far, have they told me how I obtained that? Kind of just handed it to me and moved on. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, they... it's not the focus of the story, apparently. <laughs> yeah, she just gives it to you. <laughs> Anyone who comes into town, they're like, <laughs> and the government says we have to give you this orb. I don't know. Get out of here. <laughs> they're like, we really Diamonds like Pokemon with hats. Please put hats on your Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was. Say, this I is also... the king. <laughs> what were you going to say, Nick? I was just going to say, I, I have also found that. Um, so each type has a different little hat that they, you know, wear when they're terrestrialized. And I have found myself more partial to what the hat looks like than the type <laughs> that it actually gives. Yeah. <laughs> so I have definitely been looking for anything electric terra type because they get a giant light bulb on my on their head and I love it. <laughs> One of my biggest disappointments was the small live I caught. Uh which is, of course, an olive Pokemon uh, that is small. It, it is now evolved into a Dolive, which is just a small, like, child with an olive on its head at this point. Um, and I was in a battle, and I was like, oh, it would be nice to use all these grass moves in the terrestrialized form. So I did the Terra, I did the whole thing, and I didn't actually check what type it was for the terrestrializing, and it was, of all things, normal type when it terrestrialized. And I was like, why would they even make this a diamond form? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's like a 
It's a non-type. That's like the point of yeah. the normal type. The hat you get on the head is just a diamond, if you were wondering. <laughs> Not it's just a, a normal, diamond. A normal it diamond. It's literally an engagement ring. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's normal. So, yes, yeah, so I, I, I might have proposed to one of the gym leaders. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> My character, of course. Uh, um... Yeah, but how how do you like the open world part, Nick? Um, I do really like it, and especially now that I've kind of unlocked all the the movement mechanics for it, um, it is really fun. And I think I've told you this. Uh, like my only complaint about it was that this game was advertised as go wherever you want, do things in any order. Um. There are definitely limitations to that. Like, there's obviously parts of the open world where everything's like level 60, and I'm running around with my level 20 flamigo, and uh, have to I be mean, careful not that, to touch anyone. That's the great lie of open world games in general. That's not just <laughs> Pokemon. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, and using like the backwards long jump, I was able to get to even other places. And so, I mean, here, here was my big issue, and it, it has to do with Pokemon lore. Um, is that they tell you you can do the gym leaders in any order, which this is the first game to ever do that. Um, other than, I think, in, like, N1, there are two gyms you can, like, swap around. Mm, yeah. But other than that, you kind of have to do them in any order, or in a specific order. Um, but then it came to the Pokemon anime, and Ash was um, doing a gym, and and he obviously does not go in order. At least... Maybe he did in the first season, but he definitely does some out of order. And they were talking to a gym leader, and the gym leader mentioned, and they like in a back room or something, showed them that they had different team depending on how many gym badges the challenger already had. So, you know, if you were a brand new newbie, you know, Brock would pull out just his one Geodude. Or, you know, if you had four gym badges, maybe he'd pull out a bigger team. So, that was kind of established in the anime. So I was really excited when they mentioned that like, oh, the gym leaders can be done in any order in this game. And so I was under the impression that maybe they were going to implement some sort of dynamic team for the gym leaders. Unfortunately, that's not the case. There are some that are very weak, some that are very strong, and it doesn't matter when you get to them, they'll still be that level. So you know, Paul, like you said, it's the, the great lie of open world games that like, <laughs> like, yeah, you can do it in any order. If you're already level 100, then of course you can just wipe all of them. Right. If you go grind them. everything else, then you can <laughs> do what you want. You can do this gym first as long as you do the other gyms first. <laughs> the, I will say the lie works on me, though. Because I, like <laughs> to lose one of the like earlier gyms in a Pokemon game is astounding to me. I'm like, wow, I lost. This is great. <laughs> I'm not just coasting through a Pokemon game anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a rebel. So I definitely tried to go to the furthest gym first. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no matter how hard I tried, I just kept getting my butt kicked. And so I had to go grind and came back with a vengeance, but. Yeah, the the one thing that did take me out a little bit is I lost to the eyebrow guy, I'll describe him. I don't know any other way to describe him. 
but he loses he forgets his wallet to go to an auction and so you have to bid on a ingredient for him uh you give him sure. his wallet first but uh and so and so this for those who don't know it brings back from sun and moon kind of the trials but not really where you have to do kind of like a small mini game and then you're approved right. to fight the the gym leader and so the bidding was kind of that mini game that you did for that gym and so then i fight the gym leader and he's like everybody's like cheering for him when he comes out these little kids are like oh come hang out with us and he's like oh no i gotta take care of this first uh i think he's like a chef or something so maybe he was like they were telling him to cook him a sandwich or something i don't know but and then he's like he says a spiel i i fight him he destroys me and then I finally get to the point where I can fight him again, where I feel like I'm leveled up enough. And then the same exact cutscene happens. And it yes. just it just kind of takes me out a little bit where I feel like all they had to do is like, oh, you're back again. Let's do this. And uh, we'll say the uh, so I, that same thing happened to me. But the cutscene involved the gym leader introducing themselves to me and asking my name. <laughs> <laughs> so I had them introduce themselves to me and ask my name four times in a row. That's really funny. And I mean, yeah, that's video games that happens all the time, but I mean, it's just when it, when a game is struggling to win people over and the other quality of life stuff is winning me over. It's hard not to notice like those little things, I guess. Uh, well, let, let's pivot to something entirely different. I'm sure we'll talk more about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet as the episode goes on, but what, how did you get into Pokemon, Nick? What's your history with it? Um, I had a DS growing up. I think I started playing Diamond. Um, it was just like one of those games my parents got me. Luckily, it wasn't Carnival Games. Um, <laughs> You would have been a true gamer if that were the Changed case. the whole course of your life. <laughs> I know. I, every failure in my life, I can trace back to not playing carnival games. Um, no, I just started playing it and back then and uh, did a playthrough of Diamond, did a playthrough of Platinum, and immediately started cheating with an action replay um, and, you know, hacking in all sorts of Pokemon and having fun with that. Um, and then I, I really uh, didn't touch it for a few years, and it really was uh, a buddy of mine in high school. We just got really bored and found some old Pokemon cards, and we were like, both had them as a kid, and we were like, we have no idea how the actual game is played. So we looked up rules, and we had fun with it, and that's everything's history from there. Wow. And so from Diamond... Did you go back and try to play any of the other ones? Did you buy every game after that? Oh, no. I, I never bought another game after Platinum because after that we got a Wii, and that was kind of the game console I had um, up until college, and then I didn't have any. I just I would play FIFA with my roommates in college, and that's kind of all I did there. Mm-hmm. Then once I got married and, and we got – we were just – I think it was uh, – 
wasn't quite pandemic times yet, but we were like, oh, we would love to play some games. Uh, someone showed us some fun Switch games, so we ended up buying a Switch. And uh, when I realized that, I'm like, oh, I could get back into Pokemon now that I have something that supports or where Pokemon games are. Yeah. Did you keep up with Pokemon at all, or did you just kind of drop off and then hop back on and get back into it? Definitely dropped off, and then when I came back, um, definitely kind of gone back and reviewed and and relearned everything that I missed okay. uh, through like uh, people's playthroughs and other videos like that. I've been able to figure out everything that I missed those years. Wow. Yeah, I had a kind of a similar thing. I've I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I had Pokemon Blue growing up on the Game Boy and then never got another Pokemon game <laughs> until Pokemon Go came out and I never downloaded Pokemon Go but I did buy 3DS and then bought the last three Pokemon games that came out on it and then from there I just got hooked back in Paul you brief history because i know you've gone over it before on the podcast too yeah it's actually kind of similar to you guys um it started with the trading card game and just wanting to collect the cards you know um playground trades you know that was that was the life <laughs> uh, and trying to get your fix in yeah well and just like the wild west of like parents have no idea what this is but mm -hmm. it's so important to us um and like my parents didn't know like how to react to pokemon you know because like they didn't grow up with japanese anything you know so they were like uh what is this um anyway and so started with that um and then I my parents were I think it was partially uh we didn't have a lot of money thing but we didn't have like any video games in my house but I had a um paper route where I earned my own money and so I used that to buy a Game Boy Advanced and I felt amazing that I convinced my parents to let me do that <laughs> um and so I then I borrowed from a friend Pokemon Blue to play on my Game Boy Advance because I had not played any Pokemon. Yeah. Um sorry, it's just Game Boy Advance, right? Not Advance, duh. It's just there's no D, right? It is, but I've already heard myself stumble over my words like eight times in this episode alone, so <laughs> you call it whatever you want. Yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> I played Pokemon Blue on my Game Boy Advance. And then, yeah, didn't play anything until, I don't know what it was, but X and Y, when those were coming out, those really caught my eye for mm. some reason. I don't know. So I didn't buy it like at launch, but somewhere in the X and Y um, era, I bought a 3DS and X and Y, and then I followed through and got um, 
Alpha, no, Omega Ruby? I yeah. don't know. Omega Sapphire. Alpha Sapphire? Alpha, that's the one I got. I got that one, and then I got uh, Sword and Shield and Sun, or sorry, Sun and Moon, then Sword and Shield. Yeah, so, and then I also had a, another stint with Pokemon cards, you know, with Ryan. Who can forget? Who could forget? That was so fun. <laughs> that was really fun, actually. Who I knows actually, how much I money tried to spent. play. I tried to play competitively. I went to a couple tournaments. Actually, won a couple games. Did not like win the tournament, but the fact that I won any games made me very proud. Yeah, that's awesome. You did not go to the world championships with me and Sterling. No, right? the yeah. regionals. No, I the did regionals. It. That's what it was. Have I ever told you about uh, that, Nick? No. I entered in the regionals for Pokemon card championships. And nice, nice. I think I won half of my games, but it wasn't. It was the same same deck you played me that one time that we played nice. during lunch. Uh, but I, one of my games, I played the second best person in the U.S., and he was not enthused by my jokes that I made. <laughs> uh, but he destroyed me. Um, so, Nick, you're also a spreadsheet man. I am. This is, uh, I am a spreadsheet man. This has been established in the lore that I know about you. Um. <laughs> And you've you've told me about I and you've shown me a few actually that of your Pokemon related projects. Yeah. Do you want to share any of those with us? I mean, yeah, I mean I can even show you one. Sorry, podcast listeners. Um I'll have to use your imagination. <laughs> um we'll see if we can describe it. Well, this will test our ability to use descriptive language. Um watching the stream. So um, my my big project was um, have a lot of cards. Some of them are old, some of them are new. And as you guys are probably well aware, Pokemon cards have an intense and uh, insane power creep going on. Um, so I was all sad because like I wanted to mix my old cards with my new cards. And so the idea I came up with, I was like, well, what if there was some way I could translate the numbers that are on the card into kind of a, a universal language. So, and and my dream is eventually to be able to do that not only with Pokemon cards, but you know, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Magic cards, have some sort of universal language where they can all kind of uh, mesh. Oh, and while I was looking into this, I got into D and D. So, I don't know. Are you guys D and D people? I played a few times, but I'm not an expert or I don't really know a tons about it, I guess. But vaguely familiar. Yeah. 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 Okay. Paul, you D and D guy? No. Yeah, again, I I'm aware of it, but I've only played it. Okay. Well like, uh, very uh, casually. Being aware of it is enough. I mean, so you guys know it's you know, a custom world, you kind of do whatever you want in it. And they have um, stats that are 
kind of all-encompassing of a creature or a person. Um, ironically, they have six, just like Pokemon do, and um, you can almost line them up one to one, where your constitution is your HP, your dexterity is your speed stat, and so uh, that was an easy start, at least for Pokemon cards. Um, and so I got introduced to D and D, and then I found that someone had already made Pokemon D and D, where they had taken the entire Pokédex and created a custom monster stat block for every Pokemon. And I was like, okay, that's really cool. But it wasn't enough for me because it wasn't specific to the card, which is what I was looking for. And so I took some inspiration from them. Um, I mean, I have to shout out, there's also a, a, a Pokemon trading card API uh, run by a guy named Andrew Backus. But... Um, I mean, it's mostly used for you know apps that help you trade cards and evaluate if they're worth any money or not, hmm. um, and stuff like that. But I, it, luckily, they also have all the card text in yeah. the database, which was really handy. Um, so then I had to learn how to use APIs, and basically, for the past year and a half, I have been learning how to use spreadsheets and APIs for fun, um, <laughs> in order to satisfy. <laughs> a desire that I have to put Pokemon cards in D&D. So um, I finally finished a working kind of alpha beta version. Um, and so that's what you guys are looking at. So I actually told, I told Ryan to bring a card. I, so I could kind of demonstrate this. And the listeners might've right. heard me digging through my desk while you were explaining <laughs> that. Uh, but I do have a card. Okay. Right, right. Tell me the name of the Pokemon. Uh, we've got Squovet. Nice. So, cool part of this, I'm able to select Squovit, and then I just have to come over here and refresh the API. Um, I guess I should explain. Anyone who doesn't know what an API is, API is just a database of information. So for this one, it's all Pokemon cards. Um, but it's a database that you're able to basically send questions to, and it's able to give data back. Um, and so, okay. So... Uh, how much HP does your Squovit have? Uh, 70. 70. Okay, so it's one of these three. And what is its first attack? Tackle. Perfect. Um, okay, I think these two are identical, so we'll just choose that one. Oh, I'm able to just select which card I want, and then when I come back to this character sheet... Yeah, so we see... So it's kind of fun. Um, since I've been working on this for so long... Every cell on this little stat block that you're seeing is pulled from a different place. So, if Squovit, who is apparently a tiny, cheeky beast, which is a hilarious description. <laughs> so, um, does it matter that that's not on my card? Oh, so that's not from your card. So, uh, mine just says cheeky Pokemon. So, the cheeky, since Squovit is the cheeky Pokemon, that's pulling from the card right there of like what kind of Pokemon it is. Um, Beast is pulling from what type it is. Okay. Is I, I've actually have a database um, of all the heights and weights of the Pokemon uh, according to Pokemon, like the official heights and right. weights. And so it's able okay. to determine their size. So it's one foot tall, six pounds. And then we've got all the D&D stats. And so anyone listening who knows D&D, Squavet apparently has an AC of seven, 10 hit points. And uh, the terrible stats, if I do say so. <laughs> those, are, those are negatives all around. 
Um, but it is immune to necrotic damage, and that, of course, is because Guava is a normal type and immune to ghost-type attacks. Oh, that's built in there. It is weak to bludgeoning, also because it's normal <laughs> type and weak to fighting. Um, and I mean, I feel like last... most squirrels are weak to bludgeoning. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how we would test if they're weak, if they're <laughs> immune to necrotic forces. Um <laughs> If anyone wants to go test if uh, squirrels resist being zombified, <laughs> let us know, I guess. Um, but then the last part was what actually took the longest time, and that was how to take the attacks on the card and translate them into kind of D&D numbers that use, you know, dice. Um, it basically takes how much energy is used, and there is a tier list of, oh, uh how much energy is used means certain things. And then the damage is put through a bunch of math to spit out D and D damage in dice form. So it's tackle has a plus four to hit does one D six plus four force damage. So that's the fun part about this. And then, and then it even pulls the little description from pokemon.com about Squavit. And um, puts it's also what's printed on the card. Yep. So, um, that's really cool. That's I, I like it. I'm, I'm, I hope to go further with it um, and get it even more dialed down to uh, the card itself. The hardest part, and I have still have no idea how I'm ever going to solve this, is like secondary effects on attacks. So, for example, I, I think I have a, a Macargo card right here where it has an attack that then makes you discard two energy. And um, obviously in D&D, you don't discard energy. So finding a way to what? translate that <laughs> it might come <laughs> as a shock. Uh, yeah. Um, like finding a way to translate that into different language dynamically so that it can handle every card is going to be a challenge that I have no idea how I'm going to solve. But one day, one day I'll be able to do it. Maybe, maybe AI will be able to do it for me. Yeah, there it is. Also, for the last 15 minutes, please welcome Curtis Lowe. I'm here now. <laughs> uh, do you have any Pokemon questions for Dick, Curtis? Uh, that haven't been asked yet? Yeah. How's the new game? <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I don't really have any to be honest. No. <laughs> um, he's just showing us I mean, right now yeah. his spreadsheet that translates any Pokemon card into a D and D character. Wow, this is incredible. What's, what's the like? What's your ideal long term plan for this? Like, what would you like to see it become? Um. So I I really want to, and I've been looking to um nab some friends to actually play a DD campaign where i think my idea is that they're going to be trainers i'm going to give them a stack of random cards and every time they get attacked by something draw a random card we'll run it through this and that's what they get to use to protect themselves um that's awesome <laughs> then i think ideally in the long term um i would want to be able to use this in a way where maybe you get to be the pokemon and uh, eventually also dungeon. be able to 
I did like a mystery dungeon type thing, not limited to just Pokemon either. Uh, like I said, I like I think uh, one day being able to throw you know Yu Gi Oh monsters or Magic the Gathering monsters in there as well would be so cool. So that you could have Pikachu, Blue Eyes White Dragon, and oh gosh, <laughs> I I don't know a Magic creature off the top of my head, but you know all in the same party adventuring along and getting to use uh you know the specific cards um for something other than just the trading card game so the monverse uh, yes the monverse <laughs> um what what are some of the other projects you've you've worked on i remember you telling me one with magic it was either turning pokemon more like magic or magic more like pokemon i can't quite remember oh yes I gotta, I gotta go find that really quick. Um, here, let me close that. Somehow, I have like eighteen slides already. <laughs> um, or eighteen tabs. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I made a how to play Magic: The Gathering using Pokemon cards, um, which worked surprisingly well. I tested it with a buddy of mine. Um. That that one wasn't so far spreadsheet based, but uh, I was able to use some of the spreadsheet knowledge uh, from working on this main project. But yeah, you, like your health is still the same. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, are you guys familiar with Magic: The Gathering at all? Yeah, played. Okay, so, really, but, but yeah, I, I know, I know of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so so normally you have that mana cost, and so my goal was to be able to make it so that you didn't have to anything but the card itself so i came up with a formula that's basically um yeah so the summoning cost of a pokemon card is uh you have to have one mana from the card type and i just use the uh the basic energy cards as the mana cards or your lands as you will Makes sense. um you added its retreat cost uh there was a a number you added for if it was like a basic Pokemon or a stage two. Um, if you evolved it, you got kind of a bonus on that. So it would cost less. Then um, depending on how much health it had, added that together. And so uh, like a 70 health Zangoose card with one retreat cost would cost two just any ma mana to summon it. And then like a, a Blastoise that had like 170 health a retreat cost of three would be anywhere from eight to nine uh, blue mana. So that was kind of the way I was doing it. And uh, we we did discover that starting with, what do you start with in Magic? 20 health or 30 health? Definitely Fine. not enough when uh, Blastoise does like 90 damage in one hit. So I think <laughs> we started with like we started with like 400 health. It definitely felt like Yu-Gi-Oh numbers. <laughs> or every turn you're doing a, a few thousand life points or whatever um yeah that it, that was a super fun way to uh use the cards for something other than what they're designed for awesome so um, i do have a, a complete slideshow of that if any of you are interested in playing <laughs> magic the gathering with <laughs> I mean, trading card games if you drop it on the discord chat i'm sure people will check it out Yes, I would love I would love people to test that and give feedback. So I yeah. will drop it there. Um, and then the other one I remember you telling me about was it just kind of like a checklist 
of well, just yeah. figuring stuff yeah. out. I can't quite remember. I made a few. So um uh here's some Google Sheets news. Um Google Sheets acquired a company called AppSheet. Um Paul is very and, familiar with that. Oh nice. Okay, yeah, yeah. And what it allows you to do is take any spreadsheet uh works best with like tables um and forms and it lets you turn it into an app uh, without having to do any sort of coding. So um, and also, <laughs> if you never publish it and you just send it to your testers, so me and my wife, you can use it for free. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how long they let me continue doing that. Um, but uh, what I was able to do is I was able to make... Um, first, I started just doing a, a Shiny tracker. So I made a... Uh, you know, I downloaded a Pokedex spreadsheet, so I just had all the Pokemon... I found links to images like sprites. Uh, Pokemon DB is a great sprites library that you can just kind of link to and then include sprites in your spreadsheets. Um, and so I was able to make this little spreadsheet. So every time we caught a shiny, we're able to kind of click it and say, okay, we've got this one. It would turn shiny. And then we could know which ones we had and which ones we were still looking for. Um, and then I've done other ones that are like Nuzlocke trackers. So Nuzlocke's, you know, are challenge runs within uh, Pokemon games. And so I was able to track, like, okay, which, which areas have I gotten an encounter in? Which gym leaders have I beaten so far? Um, just be able to track that. And the fun thing is then, um, then we were able to just have it as an app on our phones. And so as we were playing, we could just open that and see, oh, you know, I caught this shiny. Great. I'll mark that off our checklist. That's really cool. Um, see oh we still have 600 million to go awesome and then uh, <laughs> is yeah, it so is the dream to have a living shiny dex yes yes that is that is a goal my wife and i are working on that is so crazy to me for that for is. those who don't know the living dex is having one of every pokemon not just marked in your pokedex but you have the bulbasaur you have the venusaur and you have the Ivysaur all mm. in your Pokedex and the shiny part of it as well. There are many people who have never even seen a shiny Pokemon in the game. Yes. Uh, the odds are so crazy, but there are stats and things that you have clued me into, Nick, of how to yes. make it easier to find a shiny and things of that nature. want to say before Scarlet and Violet came out, um, there were about 1,000, about 1,100, like, Pokemon that you would have to get to get that um, full shiny living dex. Yeah. Very is, crazy. Which is uh, way more than Pokemon there are because, of course, you have different forms of Pokemon that all have different shinies as well. Paul Curtis, have you ever encountered a shiny Pokemon? I'm yes, pretty sure I, those are just myth. <laughs> I had a I had a shiny two cannon and sun and sh uh, on Pokemon Sun, and it was my pride and joy because that was like my favorite Pokemon from that generation. So finding a shiny oh, and one was also like, one of the most beautiful shinies there is. Exactly. Uh, 
I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> also, for those who don't know, a shiny Pokemon is a Pokemon that's just a different color. <laughs> yeah, it's not even actually shiny. <laughs> I mean, some I some of them have like glittery effects over them, or most of them do, right? When you throw them out, the Pokeball. Yeah, so shiny Pokemon typically. So every time you throw them out in battle, they'll have a little animation of little sparkles coming off. And this is actually a big controversy in uh, Scarlet and Violet. In, uh, Legends Arceus. When one spawned, it would also sparkle as well as make a noise. So you had lots of moments where you'd be flying over the map, you'd hear the shiny noise and panic because you had no idea where it was, and you'd spend the next five minutes frantically searching that area, trying to make sure that it didn't, you know, despawn or anything. Um, and in Scarlet and Violet, there is no noise, there are no sparkles. It will be shiny in the overworld, so uh, they do just expect you to notice it, um, and already i think what it's been out for two weeks um you can just go onto youtube and find streamer after streamer after streamer of of pokemon like pokeytubers who traditionally have like never lost a shiny they're very very diligent in that who have just driven by hordes of them um and then their chat graciously clips it afterwards and sends it to them on twitter so <laughs> um the only shiny I ever got was Venonat. And of course, that was tied to my Switch that got stolen. And so I'll never see it again because Pokemon is one of the few games that doesn't have cloud saves. Um, Specifically to hurt you. Uh, yeah. In fact, Nintendo called me to tell me that the Pokemon <laughs> company had a specific message for me. <laughs> Uh, they have your venomat and they're keeping it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never see it again. <laughs> All right. So, well, oh, go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, and for anyone who wants a shiny, I'll just say the easiest shiny odds you have Sword and Shield, if you have the DLC, Crown Tundra, there's those legendary Animax raids. The shiny odds are normally, if you do nothing else, one in 4,096. Those raids have a boosted odds of about one in 100 and so doing the dynamax adventures yes and crown tundra take a while because it's online and i don't know that anyone else is playing anymore but uh that is the easiest way to find shinies maybe not specific ones but definitely you will get one after a few tries it's a good tip mm. all right so we have Paul, Nick, you both have to leave in about four minutes. I'm going to ask one more question, but Curtis, once they leave, I'm going to have you stick around and we're going to do a special Curtis interview at the end of this episode. Curtis <laughs> <laughs> time. Yeah. Um, uh, chance time after Paul is what we'll call it. Paul. Um, well, do you have any final thoughts, Nick, on Pokemon? Any recommendations? What's your favorite game? We've never got into that. Any other things you want to shout out or mention about Pokemon? Yeah. Um, I have a loathing for Onyx. Because... Um, <laughs> just going to throw this out there. Onyx has the most unbalanced statistics of any Pokemon. 
He's a ginormous rock snake, right? And so, yeah. like, when I was doing the D&D like project... Like most of us are. Uh, well, like, I was doing the D&D thing, and I'm like, okay, Onyx is not... Like, I had to make it so that Onyx would not be weak, because he also has one of the lowest defense stats um, in the game, which makes no sense. Um, <laughs> so, I, I had to actually work with a buddy of mine who has a master's in math um, to find <laughs> a way to make it so that Onyx would not be hurt by this translation and give <laughs> give him the uh the power he deserved just the translation oh, anyways. itself was gonna hurt him it's he, he doesn't make it to the king <laughs> Poor Onyx. yeah so so anyways anyone dealing with pokemon stats i would say always check your onyx because he will always be an outlier yeah hashtag free onyx <laughs> Honestly, hashtag nerf Onyx or no buff Onyx. He's already nerfed. He's already nerfed. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, I guess the we didn't talk about Pokemon Unite, which you play a lot of as well. Oh yes, and I guess I'll just shout out. I, I was listening to the your guys's conversation on battle passes. Uh, let's just say Pokemon Unite has I think four different battle passes. So <laughs> oh. Well, menu we didn't get into is that. Sanity, yeah. <laughs> a uh, game with multiple simultaneous battle passes. That wasn't even a category. That's so crazy. I I think I'd honestly spend about fifteen minutes anytime I play. I'll play fifteen minutes of gameplay and then fifteen minutes of claiming items from quests. So it's a bit it's a it's a bit much. It's crazy. All right, favorite Pokemon game, and then I'll let you guys be on your way. Favorite Pokemon game is uh, definitely Pokemon Tournament. Um, Oh, yeah. There it is. And and, and it's only because I am an absolute sucker for uh, just video game visuals, and even some of the moves and the cutscenes in Pokemon, uh, or Pokemon, sorry. are just absolutely cinematic beauties. So, gotta go with that one. You're speaking Paul's like language. What did you say, Curtis? I just like that pick. It's a it's a good pick. That's a good I pick. Feel like no one really talks about Pokemon Tournament much. Do you have Pokemon Tournament, Curtis? I do have on my Wii U, and I still haven't played it yet. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I found someone selling it for five bucks. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, we got to get a Pokemon tournament tournament going on. I mean, I'm down. I'll get destroyed because I've never really played it. But well, I I played enough, but I wouldn't say that I'm good at any fighting game, and so there's that. All right, Nick, thank you so much for for joining us on your birthday. Thank you so much for well, having me. Happy birthday, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and Paul, whatever you've got going on, we'll keep it <laughs> we'll keep it vague. <clears throat> I hope I wish you well. Be whatever, <laughs> Paul. I have a <laughs> I just have a day full of meetings tomorrow that starts early. That's all it is. It's boring. Mm. What but it's going to be it's going to be fantastic, you know. Yeah, and no one knows what those meetings are. You've never explained to anyone. 
<laughs> kind of scares me a little. Just, you know, secret meetings. <laughs> secret meetings. Isn't that a thing in Friends that no one knows what Chandler does for work? Yes, he's a transponster. Yeah, that's what Rachel says when she's trying to guess what he does. Okay. <laughs> I don't watch enough Friends to know. I just remember that's a... Oh, that's a I didn't watch work. enough Friends to know, but at my... Speaking of my job, someone at my job loved Friends and used that as like an example. And I was like, what does transponster mean? And she told me what it meant. <laughs> We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Uh, you guys could leave whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Thank you. I'm going to hop off. See All right. We'll see okay. you, Paul. Bye. Have fun in your meetings tomorrow. <laughs> Take that, Onyx. You may not be free, but I am. <laughs> I deal with it. Good, good luck on your interview, Curtis. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I was like, what, do I have an interview tomorrow or something? (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone's gone. It's time for chance time after Paul. uh, And after Nick in this episode. (laughs) Curtis, how have you been? How was was the Little Mermaid? The Little Mermaid was good. I'm excited to see it. I have tickets for it in January. Yeah, I was, I mean... It's always hard to be like, yeah, they all, because they all sang, like, everyone who sang did a great job. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, I hope it works out. I mean, everyone at that theater is really talented, so I'm not worried. But, you know, different casts have different vibes. So yeah. I don't know if yours is on the weekend, like prime time, or if it's a Wednesday night like mine, but I mean, well, really, really, really good. So it was good stuff. And you could I, tell they had fun with their props and their costumes and stuff. Like, they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So, yeah. That's fun. That's cool. Yeah, mine is actually at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, shout out to the Hale Theater in Utah. Yeah. For those who don't know. I've only been there a couple times, but Little Mermaid seemed like the one to go to. It's a good one. I My in-laws get, they get all their kids... Uh, season tickets for christmas oh that's cool i've only missed like one of the plays this year maybe two (laughs) so i've been to a few of them now that's fun though yeah they do a good job there that's cool um all right well we might as well allow you to do your one thing curtis Mm. because we we all did it at up up top we found out that carnival games is the third highest on Amazon for Nintendo Switch games during it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Smash, Mario Kart. Oh, no, it's sorry. It's Smash, Minecraft, and Carnival games. Wait, what was this list? Uh, if you search Nintendo Switch games on Amazon. Oh, okay. The top three results. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing over at Cardinal Games to <laughs> show up that high on the list <laughs> above so many other Switch games. <laughs> uh, um, 
but yeah, and then Paul explained Bee Simulator to us, which was also oh, a great time. And then I don't really have much to say other than I am still playing a lot of Vampire Survivors, and during the Steam Black Friday sale, I picked up a Nancy Drew game and Trombone Champ, so... Nice. I'm excited to hear your Trombone Champ experience. Yeah, so far it's been good. I've only done two songs and kind of fooled around in the menus but yeah what a game well, i just uh they just uh, updated it today there's a new track on there oh wow i don't think i've un- i i have all the tracks at the moment i think they're all unlocked oh really yeah if you're not careful you can go from the warm-up track which is easy to whatever mariachi song it is which is just <laughs> super hard I will say, after the warm-up track, whatever song I played, I immediately exited out of, because I was like, I am not meant to be here. Yeah, they don't... The, like, default filter order for the tracks is not by difficulty. I forget Mm. how it sorts it. But that's that's weird to me, that they don't sort it by difficulty off the bat. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that happened to you. (laughs) It's All so right. Incredible. Lay it on us, Curtis. What do you have to say to the world? Oh man, I'm excited you're here because I want to hear your thoughts about um, Shadow of Mordor and okay, yeah, how I'm having a hard time enjoying it sometimes. Ooh. let's hear about that. Everyone I talk to about this game is like, "Oh yeah, that's a great game. I love that game," and I, I just hear good things about it. And then I'm over here playing it like this game's kind of annoying, actually, to me. <laughs> it's just, I don't know if it's because, like, when did this game come out? It was, uh, I can look it up right now, but it's it's got to be 10 years old at this point. Oh, not Mortar, Mordor. 2014, so we're eight years from it. Okay, yeah. Um. What stuck out to me is that this game feels like a game from like the early 2010s. Okay, yeah. The climbing mechanics and the stealth and the combat, you know, yeah. has that Assassin's Creed or the Batman Arkham game, like at least Arkham Asylum. I think it's the one I really played, but it has that feel to it, you know, especially the combat, how you kind of bounce around from person to person. At least I do. Um, yeah, everyone seems to really... It's got good reviews and ratings and everything. So I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, There's nothing wrong with you, Curtis. Are, my, you, are you a big Lord of the Rings fan? Yeah, I mean, I liked all the movies a lot. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess, about it. I feel but, like that's the bare minimum to enjoy the story of the game. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy the movies. And, like, those are movies are the ones... Those are, like, few... I don't watch a lot of movies... And I definitely don't watch a lot of movies more than once. And that's one of the few movies, at least like especially trilogies, that I'll be like, yeah, I want to watch those again, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I like Lord of the Rings a lot. Um, I think, I don't know, if it, maybe it's just the gameplay, and like especially the combat. I don't know. There's just like a level of clunkiness to it to, for me that I've run into certain scenarios where I'm like, that's not what I want you to do, but I don't feel like I have any control over certain things. Like how when you climb and I'm like, okay, I want to jump over this walkway or whatever, you know, it's not really a walkway. It's all just mud. Uh, (laughs) I want to jump from this little shack building thing 
<clears throat> to this platform across the way. And instead of jumping across, he does his little cool flippity flip thing and lands in the middle of a bunch of orcs that I'm trying to avoid. <clears throat> like some stuff like that. I remember I got in this huge fight that I ended up dying in because I was looking down at all these orcs. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to sneak over here. And I meant to drop down and then like hang and then shimmy or whatever across the way above all the orcs. So I didn't mm-hmm. alert them or anything. And so I went up to the edge and hit B. And instead of dropping down to hang from the ledge, he just did his little stun punch thing mm, yeah. off the ledge. And I landed in the middle of all of them. And then I had, and then I just heard Ranger. And then some guy was yelling <laughs> at me. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I can get out of this. And then I hit him a couple times. And then I hear Ranger. And that <laughs> happened like three times. I'm like, oh my gosh. And there are too many people. I couldn't get out. And then I died. And I was like, this isn't what I wanted to happen at all. <laughs> so every once in a while, something like that happens. Um, like the finishers, too, are really cool. And I wish I could target them better. Because now I'm running, I've run into the, what are they called, berserkers. Where if you attack them, they'll just hit you back. Mm-hmm. So you have to stun them first. Which is fine. I have no problem with enemy variety, right? Um, but the problem is, in a big group, I don't notice that they're there. And so then I'll hit them without realizing that they're a berserker. Then they'll hit me back, and then I get stuck. And then I get hit by other dudes. Or I know they're there, and I try to hit the guy next to them, and then he hits that guy instead. And I can't, like, you know... I want to hit... I can't be, like, specific who I'm attacking sometimes, especially in big groups, right? Yeah. And then the finishers, that same thing there. Like, I like to try to use my finishers on the berserker guys or the guys with the shields to get them out of the way. And then I end up using my finisher on just a regular dude. That's not a problem at all. And then I waste it and then I have to build my combo back up. So like stuff like that, you know, like I just wish it was a little more precise in some things. Yeah. Do you like the Batman Arkham games? I only played Arkham Asylum. I I played Arkham city just a little bit though. So I don't, not enough to be, to say yes or no. Okay. Really. Do you like Spider Man? Yeah. I, mean, I know the answer to that question. Yeah. That was a great game. Um, yeah. It's hard to say because I feel like I'm, I'm looking at m- the last time I played Shadow of Mor- Mordor, uh, according to Steam, was November 11th, 2015. <laughs> so I was playing it about a year after it came out, it looks like. Um, yeah. And I didn't finish it because the uh, what's that? What's the power thing called on the the PC? I just forgot it. Power something. The power supply unit. Power supply. P- thank you. Yes. Uh, it broke while I was playing it, and so I didn't mm. have a computer for a couple weeks. And then when I got it back, I just never got back into it. I guess for some yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. I think I also had just moved, and so I was like in the middle of like setting up a bunch of stuff and doing a bunch of things. But, mm-hmm. um, but from what I remember, I love the Batman Arkham games, and the combat has never been like the highlight for me on those. And and same with Spider Man, like the combat isn't really the the highlight for me. Uh, it's more of the story and like the just being in the worlds that I enjoy, but especially in the Batman games and Spider-Man games, there's a lot cooler traversal. 
Yeah, that's another thing that yeah. is kind of frustrating about it. Is I feel like I'm just sprinting to places. Yeah, and and the map itself is kind of all samey to me. Like it's all just kind of rocks and little mountains and mud because it's Mordor, so it makes sense that it all looks like that. Yeah, because it's overrun with orcs and they're tearing it all apart. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I I think the highlight though is the Nemesis system, which yeah. is pretty crazy and. I loved the story of like the Calibrimbor stuff and like kind of getting into like the making of the One Ring and like meeting Gollum and like doing the weird Gollum missions where you just kind of like follow him around. At the time, it was exciting. Uh, and yeah. I, I gotta ask, don't be offended by this question. Is it Steam Deck verified? Yeah, it runs great on the Steam Deck. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, you no, know, it runs great there. Um, I've only, I only had, I, I sent you that screenshot of the one time where it reverted to mouse and keyboard controls <laughs> for some no, reason. Yeah. I took it out of sleep mode, and then I got soft lock because it was the first time I'd, like, I guess not died. What's that? You get knocked down or whatever. Then you have the one chance to get back up i forget what what the mechanic what they called it you mm. know what i'm talking about though it's i mean it's been long enough where i can't quite remember a lot about the it's, game uh, yeah i don't know you get not you lose all your health instead of just dying you go down on one knee and then they go to finish you off and then it goes in slow motion and then there's a little circle and you move the joystick oh yeah i do it and then that. hit the right button and then you can block it and then get back up and keep going um it's like a last chance mechanic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I got stuck in there because then it was the tutorial, so I couldn't fail it because it was teaching me how to do it. Mm. But then I couldn't do it because I didn't have the right buttons. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I couldn't pause it or do anything to get out of it, so I just had to shut the game down. That's the only time I had any issues on Steam Deck, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested now to see if it holds up because I, I remember at the time, like, there was a lot of variability in how you could approach certain situations. Mm -hmm. uh, how how many hours do you have in it? Uh, like ten or eleven. Okay. I don't know. I I just remember like, oh, there's a grog barrel, so obviously I yeah. want to like shoot it or try to sneak in and poison it. And yeah, and there's like barrels you can shoot and they'll blow up. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you can release the, I forget what they're called, these monsters on four legs that they'll attack the orcs and stuff. Mm, yeah. and they have them in cages. You can shoot the cages and those yeah. will break open. And then there's the hives of like, I forget what kind of flies they're called. And that'll freak them all out if you knock the hive down. It's like there's stuff in there to do for sure. Yeah. I, I remember that stuff being fun. Um, yeah. And I, I remember like the actual like, not the mechanics of the fights, but like how the fights looked and like the finisher moves were really cool looking. And yeah, they are. Um, but yeah, as far as I remember, it was really fun, but it's been seven years since I've touched it. And so, yeah. And I, it makes me wonder if you would like Shadow of War more, which I feel like is a more polished modern game. But, yeah, and that would make sense if it is. Yeah, but I fell off of it because of I wanted to play through the story, and the next part of the story 
required so much kind of grindy work mm. that I wasn't as interested in because as as much as they polished it, it was still kind of like a Batman or Spider-Man kind of combat. And you're kind of walking around and doing a bunch of stuff in the same way you're doing it this game. So I, I actually don't know what you would think, but yeah, it, but it was fun. Like until I got to that point, I was having a great time and I do really like the nemesis system of like, Oh, if you kill this guy, like he might come back and remember you. But if also, if someone kills you, they rise the ranks and yeah, and they get promoted. Yeah, and then they're harder the next time you fight them. But if you beat them, it's a bigger reward, and all that stuff is really cool to me. And I just love the story. I I feel like the story was the main reason I was into it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just it feels like a game that had some really great ideas, mm-hmm. and given that it's a, I mean, it seems silly for me to say that it's an older game, but. It's been right. What was it? 2014. So it's eight year old game. It's not too old, but like it feels like in that time, you know, like other developers and other games have built upon what this game did. Like like Spider-Man, we mentioned Spider-Man, like the comment on that one, I actually enjoy a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun and there's a lot of different combos and attacks and stuff that you can do and mess with people. Like I had a lot of fun with that one. This one feels like it's kind of there with the counters and everything. And it's fun to when it's working well to be in a big group of guys and be able to just take them all down and just constantly <laughs> counter all of them and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like there's a lot of cool stuff in there, but every once in a while something happens and I'm like, that's not what I want to do. Can you please let me attack this guy over here? Or I just want to like dodge roll away. And instead of dodge rolling, he turns around and sprints at another guy to vault over them. I'm like completely away from everyone. I was like, no, I still want to fight though. Like there's this, yeah, it feels like I don't have as much control over things as I'd like. Yeah. And there's like, there's a, there was a point I was playing it today a little bit and um, I was trying to take down a war chief who, well, those guys don't have a lot of weaknesses or, you know, harder to take down. And one, this guy was uh, vulnerable to explosions so I could blow stuff up around him and hurt him. But I couldn't figure out a good way to lure him over to these barrels that I could shoot and blow up, you know? Mm, yeah. It's not like I could drop something and he'd be like, oh, what's that? And go over and look at it or anything like that. Like, I couldn't. I dropped the flies on him and then that just made him mad. So I had blown him up once and hurt him. And then I made him mad because of the flies. And that healed him somehow, I guess, because he got <laughs> enraged. I'm like, well, shoot. So, like... <laughs> Yeah, so it was like, I just need something to lure him over here to these barrels. And I can, it took me a while to figure out a solid way, which I don't feel like I really did figure out a way. I just kind of shot him and then made him mad. And then he'd try to figure out where I'm get, he was getting shot from. But that didn't mean he would come, he'd either, I needed him to come up on this ramp. But there's also like a tunnel that went right next to it. So he keep he kept going down the tunnel away from and he wouldn't be next to the barrels that I needed him next to so stuff like that I was like I just it feels like it's a cool game that nowadays it just feels like it's almost there to something really mm, great yeah but compared to other stuff I've been playing recently it's doesn't feel like it quite measures up that's fair um 
I will say some of my favorite moments of the game were when the orcs you were fighting decided to run away. Mm-hmm. And I end up chasing them like who knows how long, like 10 straight yeah. minutes because I'm, I'm not letting them get away. And that always made me laugh. But then it was also really funny when you're running after them. And then like four other war chiefs recognize you running past. And then all yeah. of a sudden there's just too many guys. And I don't know. I remember it being really funny. Yeah. Uh, here are the other games that came out in 2014 for context. We got Dragon Age Inquisition, Dark Souls 2, Far Cry 4, Bayonetta 2, Titanfall, Smash Bros. for Wii U, 3DS. Mm-hmm. That's all. Okay. I, I just wanted to add that context in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do like the Nemesis system, though. I did have a funny moment where I found a captain or something and he... I don't even remember if I talked to him, but I'd shot him in the head and he died immediately. <laughs> I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. It was like one of the first ones I'd fought. And then I was later, I was fighting some dudes and it was going fine. And then, then I hear the ranger. That's funny how they all yell at it. Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was the same guy. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's back. And he had like something over his face because I shot him in the face. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> and then he yells at me how he's going to kill me because I messed him up or whatever. And then he starts running at me. And so then I do the same thing and shoot him in the head and he immediately dies again. <laughs> and that cracked me up. I was like, oh, he didn't really figure that part out, I guess. That's awesome. So, yeah. So sometimes like that's funny. But yeah, I've also had moments where like I'll take down a captain or something and they drop the upgrade for your weapon or whatever you can equip. And then I'll be trying to pick it up. And then I'll hear Ranger, and then they yell at me, and then it cancels my pickup thing, and then I'm like, oh, I just want to pick this up and leave. And then someone hits me in the back while I'm trying to pick it up, and then I can't pick it up. And then there's 20 guys, and I'm like, I just I want to pick up this thing that I'm not going to use. Just let me do it. And yeah, so every once in a while, it's just like I just I don't know. I'm going to stick with it a little longer. I talked to some friends of mine, and they're asking how far it was, and apparently there's this really cool ability that i can get in a when i finish the next story mission hmm. so i'm gonna stick with it a little longer and see um yeah we'll see how it goes <clears throat> yeah i mean my recommendation and i don't even know if it's a good recommendation because it's been so long is just blast through the story yeah and see if that That's that grabs idea, you yeah. yeah um but yeah, did you ever see the Conan O'Brien clueless gamer on Shadow of War? No, I didn't. He has Kumail Nanjiani as a guest, <laughs> and oh, I have to watch that. Those are some. Some of those are really funny. Yeah, it, the best part is Kumail Nanjiani reveals that he has a voice in the game, and Conan is like, "Oh, like what sort of voice do you do for it?" And then he meets it. They like trigger it so he can meet him in the game. And it's just Kumail Nanjiani's voice. <laughs> and it's, it, I, I don't know. It's pretty funny to me. I'll have to watch that one. Um, oh, one more thing though. Yeah. Uh, so the Nemesis system's cool. Um, the one thing I don't like about it is when you die, at least this is what I've run into. I usually have managed to kill a few of the captains, like the lower ranking guys, because they're not too hard to take down, right? Yeah. And at one point, I had like the first two rows mostly cleared out, and then I died, 
And then it was like five minutes of people just getting promoted and yelling. And I'm like, just, I just <laughs> want to play. But it's like promoted. This guy attacked this guy. He failed. And like, <laughs> just like, it was like five solid minutes of that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, can we, I need a fast forward button or something. Like, I understand I should probably know this, but at the same time, this is taking too long. That's really um, funny. Yeah. So it just cracked me up. It wasn't like, it's not a huge complaint. It's just like, um, yeah. The other thing I will complain though about the Nemesis system is, and I had to, I wish I had looked at looked this up a little bit more, but um, that the Warner Brothers pat patented the Nemesis system. Oh yeah, which is just lame. Yeah, I mean, I guess this that's all I really have to say about it. It just kind of kills. It's such a cool mechanic, and it sucks that no one else can play around with it, and you know do their own thing with it or improve it or whatever the case may be, you know, like that's just, they can't touch it now, I guess I think is how the patent would work. And that's just kind of kills creativity. That's all. That is the big bummer about it. I I guess we should explain for those who don't know what the nemesis system is. It essentially is like an AI that kind of makes the enemies remember you remember certain details about their interactions with you as well as they have their own like ranking system that they kind of use to interact with each other and you can also like have specific like spies to spy on people and get you information about people it's a really cool yeah. dynamic system certain enemies and they'll have intel so you can figure out what they're weak to or what their strengths are yeah sometimes it's like oh this guy is vulnerable to stealth kills so then if you position yourself right you can just jump down and kill him in one shot and be done with it but if you're not careful and you do that to some other guy who's not like he'll just throw you off and then yell at you because it didn't work and then he'll be like, Ranger! <laughs> and then he'll talk to you for a second. Or you'll get one of the guys who just giggles at you. <laughs> Do you remember those guys? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> they don't They don't say anything, but it still does the whole, it zooms in on them and everything, and then there's like, <laughs> <laughs> and they just like breathe and giggle. It's really funny when they like yell at you and then it zooms in on them like way across the map a little bit and then they just giggle. (laughs) Or when you like attack them and then they'll block it and then it zooms in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anything they just like get in your face and like breathe and giggle at you. (laughs) It's just like, what's wrong with you? At first it was funny, but then there's one guy who I killed and he came back and then I remember somehow I lost that fight. And then he got promoted, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the giggly guy. <laughs> I just got tired of him. Uh, the one cracked me up, though. It was like, it reminded me of a, uh, what was the, Oblivion? Uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Mm. And just like how the camera would zoom in on NPCs in that game. I don't know if you ever played that. I, I did not. But yeah, it had like a, you know, it just like, oh yeah, this is Oblivion. When it just zoomed in and the character was like right in the middle of the screen and they just kind of had this sway. 
and then their <laughs> mouth would move as they talk. It didn't quite match up, you know. That's how it felt. I was in a fight, and then it zoomed in on this guy, and then he was kind of had that sway. It was perfectly in the middle of the frame, but not quite zoomed in a whole lot. So it was like his like belly up, and then he just giggled at me. I'm like, what the? This is something like 2008 <laughs> level. It just cracked me up. That's that awesome. only happened the one time when I had like that like connection. It was kind of funny. That's funny. But, yeah. Anyway, it is a good game. I I know I'm down on it, but it happens. Yeah. It just it. I can see why, like back in 2014 when this game came out, and like this kind of like combat and traversal was like the thing you know yeah i can see why people were all over it because it, it's it's a lot of fun and when things are flowing like it's it's pretty cool yeah yeah um well i didn't really have an interview for you i just wanted <laughs> you to have a chance to to share your one thing uh, i appreciate that because i had lots of thoughts on it okay good <laughs> yeah um I mean, briefly, do you have anything you wanted to say about Pokemon? <laughs> no, not really. I'm excited to hear. I'm going to go back and listen to this episode later, though, because it's just it's one of those games, franchises, whatever, that people are really passionate about. And I've been so removed from it. So it's fascinating to listen to people talk about it, you know? It's just like a whole a whole world that <laughs> I've been so out of for so long that it's like, what? Like, that's a thing now? Like Onyx being terrible, I didn't know that. I always thought Onyx was like the coolest. It's a big rock snake. It is weird that he has terrible defense. It doesn't make any sense. So anyway, I'm excited to listen to to Nick's thoughts yeah. and everything because he is. It's fun to listen to people who are excited and passionate about something. Yeah, so. he is a Pokemon expert. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, every day I talk to him at work, I'm astounded by the amount of knowledge about specifically Pokemon he has in his brain. Yeah. And I think it shows from the the episode. Hold on, what's what's the starter you picked? I picked Quaxley. Okay, okay. Uh... And I just finally found a ditto, so I'm going to be able to breed it and hopefully trade with some people and get the rest. Nice. I'm always curious what people pick. I always pick a starter, even though I never play them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I generally pick water. Yeah. But this one, I kind of wanted Quaxley because of the weird hair thing he's got going on. He's he's very... uh... It's, it's a handsome hairstyle. Yeah, and he's he constantly, like, if you get it wet at all, he gets mad at you. It's an important part, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I yeah. actually, actually think all three of these ones are really well done. I think they're fun. Yeah, they're they're interesting. Have you looked at the, the third? Evolutions? No, yeah. I haven't. You might think they're less interesting when you get to that point, but... See if I can find them real quick. Yeah, Foy Coco. Was that his name? The little lizard guy? Yeah, Foy Coco. He's the one I I would have picked. Yeah, I feel like I can't he's... can't tell which of these are real and which of these aren't. <laughs> I feel like Foy Coco has the coolest end evolution. Is he like a big alligator looking thing? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the other two. Yeah, but... I don't know. I... I, I do kind of like the Quaxley one at the end, but I definitely... It's definitely the trend of, like, oh, yeah, they're all kind of, like, humanish by the end of it. Yeah. And it, it's kind of off-putting. Yeah, especially the cat. Yeah, the cat disappointed a lot of people because a lot of people were really excited about picking the cat and then they saw the end one and they're like, oh, I don't like this thing. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Well, yeah. I do like the fire one, though. He yeah. doesn't look too bad. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Why does he have, like, purple on his face, though? You know, that's a... It's only, like, geometrical shapes. Yeah, that's something I couldn't answer for you. <laughs> I do like a... I saw someone ask why they kept putting craft singles on their starter Pokemon and, like, had the Fuecoco from this generation and from the last generation. I think it was the bunny who had, like, a yellow square on his oh. face. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this yeah, yellow square that does look like a craft signal that just got slapped on there. That's funny. All right, well. Huh. Yeah, listen back to the episode. Oh, he's fire and ghost type. That okay, mm. I explained some purple. Yeah, stuff that too. does. Oh, I didn't know they had like extra types when they get all the way evolved. That's been that's been a newer thing, I feel. Okay. Cuz Decidui was a grass ghost, I remember. Is that the owl one? Yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes a little more sense with their designs. I still don't really like the cat, but... Fair. If he's a dark type, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. And when they're a fighting type, it makes more sense for them to have more, like, humanoid-looking... Big, glistening pecs. Yeah, exactly. Or just <laughs> long well, legs. I don't know. Uh, that's it for me. Do you have anything else, Curtis? I'm just trying to figure out how to pronounce these names. But no, that's... <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the names of the final evolutions. I'm like, what? Yeah. You say that. <laughs> it's funny. All right, well... Please email us at chancetimepodcast at gmail.com if you want to throw any Pokemon thoughts or just any questions for us. I haven't got an email for a while. Uh, well, it's because everyone's in the Discord. The Discord, yeah. So join the Discord instead. That's where the I would like at. questions from the Discord, though, sometime. Yeah, ask us questions. We'll, we'll read I'd them. I'd really like to do sometime, if possible, even if we don't get around to reading all the questions. Like, if we had enough that we could just do just a question episode, that'd be fun. Yeah, We're in the Discord, we do have a... Uh, text channel called show questions so yeah for those in the discord throw throw in some questions we'll do a questions episode um and the discord link is in the description if you would like to join the discord uh and yeah as always thank you for coming to see james thanks for nick for joining us talking about some pokemon very much appreciative of him. 
and yeah, that's that's all I got. Cool. Goodbye. Bye.